Hello. Um, hey, it's Gabe. Uh, senior admin and co-owner of Gwes. Um, and I'm sad to say that status quo, unfortunately, will be put on a permanent administrative suspension, mainly because the person who runs status quo needs to get their head out of their ass and actually come in for an episode and not just come in for the first two and then just dip out like nothing ever happened. And that was and on that note. Quote. Welcome to the ERN podcast. <laughs> welcome to the ERN podcast, Hello. guys. Uh, we're gonna skip uh, EAS history this week because we got some exciting things that we exciting and just new things we want to talk about. So this yeah. week we'll be talking about ERN, taking a look at the GR more deeply. Don's got more info on that, and then later in the episode we got Gabe. Toward the end of the episode, we'll have Gabe talking about Seattle tsunami preparedness info. Based on you said studies, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a simulation that was recently ran that's kind of making its waves through a lot of the news media. Kind of want to, yeah, want to explain that with the, from the EAS perspective. Yeah, for perspective, Gabe has not told us any of this yet, so this is going to be just as surprising. Yeah, it's it going to be fresh reactions for all y'all. Fresh reactions also, from all I'm, of us. I'm sorry to interrupt. None of you can see this, but currently Anna has an oven mitt. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza's so almost on today's done. episode, you have Cam, you have myself, you got Anna, Wait. and then you have the one, the only, the double natting son of a bitch himself, Don. Pizza's done, uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, and then uh, after Don, we're going to have with Anna guest, talk with about star some, Manus pizza. some TFT stuff that we recently found out, and paying homage to the death of TFT man himself. Uh, well, he's dead. Almost a year. Almost been a year. So we'll. He's been dead for nearly a year, but we had no idea. So we're gonna pay respects to him anyway. Yeah. But yeah. So first off, we got our uh, gr bonanza going on here at ERN. Don's yeah. been taking the head on that. So Don, you want to kind of explain what you what you found and what led up to it? So essentially. The other day, I was screwing around with my GR like one does because I don't really screw around with it much. I just I set it up and it does its own thing. But essentially, um, okay. I was messing around with the serial course and I was like, "Oh yeah, the Sage has an option to send headers over serial," and supposedly that's a requirement by Part Eleven. So I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll hook the two index together." Spoiler alert, the Gorman can't do that. So we approached iPaws about this. We were like, hey, does your unit do this? Because I can't get my unit to do it, and I would like to do it. And they contacted Gorman, and the help wasn't very useful. So, Just like everything with Gorman Redlick support. Yes, and Anna can touch on that. Um, so essentially, we have reason to believe the Gorman Redlick EAS-1 is compliant on a technicality. Maybe borderlining, not borderline. Yeah, depending borderline on your, yeah, depending on your interpretation of Part Eleven, it could potentially be construed as not compliant. But it really, I was just actually reading whoever Part Eleven. It. I was reading part 11 just for fun. Like uh, I would say about a week ago, since I'm currently not working, actually speaking of which got a new job starting on the 25th. Not that that really matters to any of the listeners here. Hey. But yeah, I know. Right. So yeah. 
from the from what I was reading, I kind of see the technicality part, but I see more toward non-compliant. Because I don't know, I, believe... I, don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have read part eleven after this whole thing. We read. We, we I was reading part eleven during we, the thing. We <laughs> read fair. part eleven during the thing, and then in the email, because I actually wrote the email to yes, the iPod Lab. Don just uh, I, Dawn, I sent uh, it. Sent Don it hit over. the send button. Yeah, Don hit the send button for this stuff. He actually has a DR, uh, yeah. but I referenced the exact section of part eleven that we were referring to, which is part eleven to the iPod one. Yes. Which and part was that again for the listeners? Part 11, section 33A1, which references that you have to have at least two monitoring inputs and one data input. And every other index can do that. The Sage can do it. The TFTs can do it. The Easies can do it. I'm pretty sure the DAS can do it. The Burke can. can for sure do it. So the CADCO Twister can do the it. The CADCO uh, Twister can do it. MTS system 3000 or whatever it's called, that can do it. It's only so basically the every end deck except for the Gorman Red Lick. Yes. Now, the only thing is, it was mentioned in the email from Jim Gorman himself that this functionality was there um, in the early days of CAP when they first introduced the CAP deck. And I have reason to believe that my unit might be able to do it, but it's just not openly available like documented on how to do it since my unit has version 9.7 which was released right around when the cap deck would have come out which is around 2012 so left we'll to but you got to think even then index before that had that functionality yeah, which, is, which is very true and we'll get more on that later the gorman has been in production since the 90s, like mid-90s, like 96 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, the back to the whole thing about how they're possibly compliant on a technicality, maybe they were more lenient in the 90s with the compliance tests. So, maybe yeah. if they were to retest they, it nowadays... They were pro- so, what was happening is that during that time, they were probably just rush-approving a lot of these index because... Yeah. They needed to get more and more index on the market because, you know, the because it probably at that at the point that it was approved, it was, it was probably less than a year away from EAS full implementation and the EBS being phased out entirely. Yeah. So. Which is very possible and quite possibly true. So. It would be cool. It explains yes. on how the Burke got approved. <laughs> well, actually, the Burke is closer to the TFT than it is to Gorman, and if the if the Burke didn't have its software issues, it would be a good encoder. The it, issue yeah. is it had software issues, and they dropped support for it so quickly. Like the thing with the Burke is, it's a great unit. You just have to have the right unit, because I know a lot of people that have good units and they work fine they're very good especially if you own the units that can do national auto forwarding that's pretty good for an index from that era i mean i know the sage can do it which is over there but still that's the only index from that era that can do national auto forward out of the box on every unit 
Yeah, so it's one of those. Every other unit has it, except for the Gorman. Yeah, but like, uh, but like, I think it was Gabe that said it. It was probably approved back then because of the rush to get EAS equipment out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna pull especially those exact... especially those earlier oh. units. They should probably retest them. Oh, much. the no, not they are considered non-compliant. Be, or most of the units except for the GR are considered non-compliant, non-compliant because they do not support blue alert. Yes. Oh, that is fair. But the thing with these units, well, are you talking about modern units or units from the 90s? From the 90s. The Sage will forward unknown alerts by default. I think the 1822 is, is still technically compliant. It is compliant. It's compliant with a CAPT EAS unit. Or if because you, monitor, you can add but, the blue um, alert but, in. Because, yeah, you can add Blue Alert in, but Sage doesn't sell the 1822 anymore. Gorman no. Redlake still sells the AS1. Yes, and I think it'd be, if, if a company sells that unit for that long, you'd think the FCC would step in and recheck the unit over. Reevaluate sure it. Yeah, reevaluate it to make sure that it's still up to the new modern standards. Because I guarantee you, Part 11 has been changed a bunch since the units. Yes. Oh, of course. Um, on a lot of the websites that you can read part 11, you can actually see how many times it's been upgraded. It's been updated since it since it had been released. And like there's a pretty big list on there. Yeah. And even if the Gorman is still sold brand new, the newest ROM doesn't support adding new FIPS codes or event codes rather. Or FIPS codes. Well, FIPS codes are a different story. But you cannot add new event codes into the unit. So it's technically still non-compliant with regards to blue alert um, and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it's just one of those gray area. Very much so. Especially since it's been around for so long. Yeah. And back to the, um, the support being the way it is where they didn't really offer much assistance. I'm going to hand that over to Anna. Um, so earlier on in the day of that day that we were working on the Gorman, we tried to get it working and we couldn't get it working on any port. No ZCCC output on any port. Like, for example, I forget which exact port it is on the TFT, but one of those ports outputs raw header codes in real time. So basically, both the Sage and the TFT do this. It sends a header, then it sends the pulse of data on the serial port. Sends a header, sends a pulse. Sends a header, sends a pulse. Um, it does it for both headers and EOMs. And using this, you can actually have a Sage communicate to the TFT and vice versa using just raw serial. So we were looking for a feature that did exactly the same thing on the Gorman. So we, we looked and we couldn't find any port that did that. And after that, I decided to leave on Gorman's tech support a, um, a message saying, hey, um, where can we find the functionality to do this? Gorman proceeded to call me, even though I specified, please respond via email. Um, decided to call me 
criticize me for having a lower voice. And then after I explained to him what we were looking for, he proceeded to give me a lecture on how the protocol worked in the first place. And then ask me what, what station I, what station I was working with. I, um, I told him it's an LPFM because technically we can consider Don an LPFM, even though he doesn't transmit. And then they, he asked me for the call sign. And whenever I said, I don't know, because I don't know what call sign Don's using for that box, he hung up on me. He, he, like, he asked for the call sign. I said, I don't know. And I just heard click. You could probably, that, that's probably somewhere where if you told the FCC, they would probably step in pretty fast. Yeah. Most I don't likely. know at this point. Or but, if not, even the FTC. Because you're not getting support on a <laughs> unit that you have support them to support the best support them for the better business uh, call better business <laughs> better business better bureau. business bureau well technically speaking triple B like if you think about it yeah, yeah. you really could so because like oh, for those of you guys who are curious that we were talking about um, that specific section of part eleven um, for those of you curious I have it pulled up here and I can. I can read to you exactly what it is, what it says. Decoders must have the capability to receive at least two audio inputs from EAS monitoring assignments and at least one data input. The data input may be used to monitor other communication modes, such as radio broadcast data system or RBDS, NWR, satellite, public switch telephone network, or any other source that uses the EAS protocol. Now, Note that it says any note that it says a, a, the EAS protocol. Not like any custom bullshit capped EAS thing that they developed for it. Mm-hmm. Proper EAS protocol. And the, the thing in that, my opinion, that is a blatant violation of that section. It really is. But the reason we say they're tech, they're compliant on a technicality is because because it had it when it was approved, but it's not. Well, no, no. In the email that I received from Jim Gorman, he says with respect to Part Eleven, Section Thirty Three A One, that requires us to decode one of four listed formats or any other source that uses the EAS protocol. The EAS one can decode both weather radio and satellite formats, and an optional telephone interface. That's not weather what radio, the section. Weather, but so weather radio. Can be considered an audio input. It is an audio input. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because that's the main is. form of input for by the radio, if, if not the only. Correct. Yeah. And satellite is just like MNET. And that's also Sat- audio. Sa- yeah. That is that is primarily audio based unless you have it unless you have a, a an encoder like the Easy Cap or the DAS deck that can interact directly with MNET. Yeah. Yeah. As a cap source. But even then, those two units still have direct EAS output. Even yep. the Sage Digital does does as well, because I've done some cool stuff with that. Like for example, a little project that I had on my station is that I wanted to run tests using the broadcaster, um, using like the broadcaster TTS and stuff. But I didn't. What I wanted to run everything through the Sage, so I did it over serial. Mm-hmm. I did everything over serial and then through the encoder line in, I was able to just run that. And what do you know? 
the protocol I was on, the only thing I was sending to the unit were three headers. When I was done, three EOMs. Yep. yep. And send the alert just like it was receiving it from an audio source, which is how it should be. Very much. Yep. So. And you can't do that on the Gorman. Nope. Yep. And this this functionality could easily be added in a future ROM revision, as every single Gorman unit has, I believe it's five serial ports on the back. There's the PC port, there is the character generator port, the modem port, um, the... Let's see the other one. Hold on, let me look up a photo of the EAS. It is the... That's a plus one on the both of Sage, and the 1822, and the digital. You can configure what each serial port yeah. does. Yes, that's it. It has, okay, PC port, signboard, modem, character generator, and spare. And that spare port is hooked into the motherboard. So I guarantee you, it is very easy to integrate this functionality. But they just won't. And there's even a spot in the menu that is reserved for future use on my my ROM revision. So, who's to say they can't program that functionality in? Like that. Exactly. Because I can, yeah, because I can see a lot of valid reasons why people would want to do that. If you have multiple units and multiple, you want them to both set multi- the same thing. Yeah. If you have multiple units, you can have them stay in sync. Yep, because uh, the Gorman you- only has support for um, two built-in multi-station, you could say. Two different feeds with mm-hmm. separate Realize and stuff. How many how many line in do you have on the uh, on the six uh six inputs six inputs. Uh, two two yes so six monitor inputs two program audio inputs which are stereo and mm-hmm. two program outputs so you have two separate feeds that can go in and come out and be switched to EAS by the same box so if you have a cluster of these and you have maybe six stations. You need three units, which would be very useful to have that serial functionality. Okay. Yeah. You know what that sounds like? What? A whole lot of get something other than a GR. Very much so, which is why you can get a GR and a Captec refurbished for about a thousand bucks. If you guys want uh, ERN's professional opinion on the Gorman Red, like, do not buy it. Please stay away. It and is. If you however, have, and if however, your station already has one, get a different NDEC. However, it, we will we'll we'll still accept you if you have a GR, just reluctantly. <laughs> yeah, like um, I love however, my Gorman, but just don't buy one. Um, actually, here here's what you want. If you if you want. To impress us in ERN, if you can somehow get a hold of a CADCO Twister, if you can somehow or, get a hold of a CADCO Twister, you will. We will. We will. We will gladly let you in and see if, see if we can get a closer look at that unit. Because holy crap, if you have one of those, or or if, or if you, you know have, someone who does have a CADCO Twister and we are interested to take a look at it. If any of you have a CADCO Twister, send me an email, don at guest-eas.net. Thank you. Or, or, or if you, yeah, or you, you please do CC, uh, 
please do also cc uh gabriel at gabriel s mcmillan.me oh if i if i get emails you will have them forwarded to you <laughs> thank you sir or you could join the the ern discord server that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us we should get a yep, discord, ERN discord server you can get a hold you can get a hold of any of us that are online just don't ping us incessantly yeah just type something in general and we will get to you Mm-hmm. Eventually. Eventually. However, if we see Catco Twister in there and legitimate mm-hmm. photos that aren't stock photos, you'll get our attention. Yeah, we will. Pretty we'll damn fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other way to impress us is if you have a TFT EAS 911D. Hey. Because we only know one person that has one. And they're in the <laughs> call. She's in this call. No. Yeah. If you want me, Anna, specifically me, to join a call within seconds of you saying anything, just to talk plus. to you, if you have a 911 plus, I will spend way too much money on you. <laughs> I will buy that instantly. Yeah. In other news, uh, welcome to Friday, July. Oh, by the way, or not Friday. So well, we're recording this on Saturday, July 9th. Okay. It is actually the tenth right now, so get your days right. For me, it is it is July 9th on the Pacific, on the West Coast, and then Don's Don is living over in the future, and I'm over Fucking here in the middle of nowhere, Montana. There's lighting off fireworks outside. Still. Are you sure that's not a gun? I heard. <laughs> that's fair. Well, you also heard a school fire alarm about what two hours ago? <laughs> oh yeah, like about a couple shots. a couple hours ago, I was in the call. I could literally hear very clearly the spectral alert advances all around the outside of the school that I live by. I mean, if my parents weren't asleep, I would go pull the fire alarm, but they are, so I will. <laughs> <laughs> for for reference, Don. For reference, Don has a fire panel. I do. See. For reference, uh, and I, would, I don't have a gun. Yeah. yeah, I would still do it if, even if they were asleep. But because my MT is set on March time, I will not be doing. It. <laughs> is it set on March time? Yes, my Wheelock MT is set on March time. My Spectralite Classic is set on Code Three. Okay. I have no idea what either of you are saying. <laughs> Codings. Anyways, you guys want to get back to the whole do, GR thing and. Well, I don't know. Do get a GR, the end. Yeah, don't buy okay. a GR. Fuck it. Hey, Don, do you want to do a quick explanation of the different codes for fire alarms? Just fuck it. Okay. So, I really only know a lot about a couple of them. So, first off, you have continuous, which is just continuous tone. Second, you have code three, which is like uh, that. Second, you have code three, which is, uh, eh, I don't have anything to eh, eh. that. And then you have. March time. I forget which one that was. That specifically is 120 beats per minute March time. There's another variant, which is 60 beats per minute, which is half that. It's slow. Don't use it. That. It's actually more like... It's like code three, but... Without the pauses. It's code three, but without a pause. Yes. And there's also code four, which I don't know what it is. 
And then we can get into the whole world of coded pole stations, and that just gets complicated. So we're not going to go there. And then yeah. you go, and then you go into the world of who who even gives a shit? Because now all of your fire alarms are speakers in voice voice packs. Bong, <laughs> bong, bong. Attention! There's a fire emergency in the building. Yeah, your attention, remember, please. Yeah, yeah. Your attention, please. Yeah, in my old high school, it was like. It, no, it didn't even say can I it said may I have your attention please may I have your attention please a fire, a fire has been reported, reported in the building wow this is being verified please, please leave, leave the, the building, building by the nearest See, mine didn't even say that while this is being verified yeah mine, mine didn't even say that it would just be like a fire has been reported in the building and then go over to the I think it was March time signal yeah so so it, I only ever see while this is being the while this is being verified, I only ever see that um, whenever we are whenever it's a, referring to a, like a, a large public, public building, a large public building. Yeah, that's um, fair. Like an airport, because actually, um, fun story. If you actually go onto my YouTube channel, me and there's a video that that a video that I have called Meanwhile at IAH. I was at the Houston airport flying back home from a trip. While I was in a Discord call and the fire alarm started going off. Nice. And of course, it's in. Here's a fun policy that certain buildings have. If there's a fire alarm going on, don't you know what you do? Absolutely jack fucking shit. You don't do anything because guess what? Do you just wait until they tell you to leave? Because Sometimes it's just too big of a building. Yeah. Or even better, if you're in the if you're a case like IAH, there are multiple parts of the buildings building that run on different panels that aren't linked together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, back on the topic of if you have this end deck, contact us. If you have a Gorman Redlick EAS one TV, let us know. Let us know. We would love to see what the C gen looks like. If, or if you got a, if you got an unusual, more obscure end deck, we'd still love to hear from you. Like an email. If you have a Sage that runs that has end deck set or freaking EPROG, that does not count. If you have a version <laughs> that's lower than five point two seven, though, let us know. We do yeah, know anyways, of one that does exist. We know of two. Anyways, let's get I back know, on I the. Know. Uh, on the train here so i guess we'll move on from the gr stuff we'll of course update as we get more information and on basically we're calling this at least i'm calling it internally ern versus gr (laughs) ern versus gr next case being determined by our supreme court (laughs) yeah so which is but but yeah i guess we can move on to the next thing so anna you found some things with the tft serial um I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not the one who originally found this. It was Emma or Meta City who found this. And she's apparently known about it for a really long time. Um, so on the back, yeah, I guess of it the... was more obscure knowledge, though, to all of us, yeah. though. Hold on. I am going to look at it real quick. Give me one second. Because yeah, on no the worries. back of the TFT, there are two serial ports. It is. It's still J103? J103 and J104. 104 so, is the mm-hmm. one that, yeah. Yeah. So there, the two serial ports, J103 and J104, do one of two things. So J103 
outputs the header information as it's being sent. So essentially, let's say you're sending a required weekly test on a TFT. As a header goes out, you'll get a header, and then on that, you'll get a burst of data, uh, which is the header data. The reason why this is important is because um, you we've been able to use this to make um, loggers for the TFT. So as this would uh, as this would to send the data, we can receive that data and decode it and make it info that like um, make it info that can be converted and sent to Discord and, and stuff like that. The issue is it doesn't give you a lot of data. It's just the header data. So you'd basically get a log saying, hey, the TFT did say this did send something. Um, and then on J104, it is a receive port. So, or this is what we thought for the longest part, for the longest time, it was receive only. It would receive that data. And that's why there's a D light on all the front of the TFTs for reception. That D is for decoding. So what would happen is as the TFT decodes that data, you'll see that D port flash. And if it receives two headers on that, it would trigger an emergency alert just like normal. So the other day I was sitting on a call with Emma and I was just sitting there um, talking and I was like, I wish I could get more data out of this unit because it would be nice to have like logging on monitor three. And she responds with, yeah, you can. You can do that. And I was like, how? And she's like, one of the serial ports on the back. And I thought she had the the serial port expansion card because there's like another three serial ports, like character generator, computer port, and there's another one. Um, I forget what it is. want to say it's, it's not, for the sign It's not boards. sign. Yeah. Well, sign it's though can be. Port. Yeah. But well, it can be. No, no, it isn't. They no. don't give you a COM port, though, because they're weird. Um, point is, I thought she had this expansion board, but then she turned around and said, no, I don't have this expansion board. So I was really confused until she's like, I think it's one of the default two ones. And I was like, okay, I plugged into J103 thinking that's the one that outputs all the data anyway. And I started poking around the settings, couldn't figure out anything to do. And then she's like, no, 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 it's J104, the one that inputs the data. So I quickly I quickly wrote up a script that would run two threads in Python, one that sends a data pulse to activate EAS, and one that and one thread that's just constantly listening for incoming data. And what happened is after I had sent two pulses to and it activated due to the EAS, I received data with a whole bunch of things saying. Um, this is, this is the, it was like, it has a thing saying pre-select or non-pre-select, basically saying, will it send it or will it, will it not? It has a thing saying what channel it is. It has, um, the time that it decoded it. It has, um, the EAS text translation. It has the, the header information. Like it's all there. It's kind of basically like what that reminds me of. It's kind of like what it sends the printer. Yeah. It, oh, printer. That's the other port that's on the com expansion. Oh, You've got yep. computer, printer, um, character, character generator, and digital signage. The digital signage is like a speaker wire terminal thing. But mm -hmm. so I saw this and I'm like, 
holy crap, we've had this this entire time. We just didn't know. And the only person who knew about this thought we already knew. Because whenever yeah. Emma told me this, she was like, I thought you already knew this. I didn't. Because there's nothing in the, the... The manuals are honestly really vague on what those two ports do. Mm-hmm. Like, really like the vaguest damn, of anything. Yeah, it, it literally just says there are two ports to receive and send digital on both. It's basically they copied and pasted the same description for both the ports. Yeah. So, the thing that the Gorman's missing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So basically, I saw this and I'm like, holy crap. This has literally been sitting under our noses for however long we've all had TFTs. And we just didn't know it. Which makes me wonder, yeah. you, know, you remember that whole fiasco with trying to get my TFT to log? I wonder if that'll work. Yeah, it probably will, honestly. Yeah, it um, will. We could poke around with it. I still so have it. I'm currently going to be building a new experimental version of a logger if I can get all my serial ports working. And basically all it's going to do is it's going to take in um, the serial p- data from both those ports in real time. And what it will do is... I can, I can receive the data from that first port because that first port only go that that port that re- sends out all that data only goes off for receiving alerts. It doesn't go off for sending alerts, which would make um, sense. Which is also why I never knew it because whenever I had my TFT, um, I wasn't I was testing loggers just by sending a weekly, and oh, yeah, that same port, with me. That port doesn't output anything for sending a weekly. So basically, once I once I figured this out, um, and once I figured this out, the reason why is it only goes off for receiving alerts. So I would have had to send an alert from my Sage into my TFT for it to re- receive it, for me to actually get that data. And I never did that. So basically, in doing this, we have a whole new way of logging for TFT. So now I can kind of do what the Sage Sage logger does, where you have a log on receive and a log on send. And yeah, this will be really cool. And are are we? Are, well, you are you the only one that's going to have a logger that does something like this? No, I'm, I'm probably going to to release it in the ERN log pack because we've got a well, of internal course. server for yeah. this. I'm like what I'm saying. Like any any other loggers, like anyone else that creates loggers, are we going to be the first ones to be able to access this new info? I'm going to try to develop. A portion of my logger that uses this new info if JJ will let me access his TFT since I don't have one. And well well hey Don, we're we're yeah. planning on moving all of the loggers to our our uh custom code server so you'll be able to see it there. Yeah, I know. But I just wanna screw around with it myself. Because I developed okay. my entire TFT logger on his not Trust me, I know how that feels because I had to develop um, Easy camp my loggers. first TFT. No, my first TFT locker was developed for um, EIS Sky One One Four Nick's logger, uh, Nick's TFT. He has a C Gen port. I didn't, so I had to develop an entire logger based on off of his TFT, which means that I had to sit in calls with him for hours, going, "Okay, I think I've got it now. Send a weekly." Nope, we didn't get it. <laughs> And that's before yep. we figured out how to do like remote programming using VS Code and stuff. 
Well, I mean, so, to be fair, though, that that's basically programming in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like I got it. I got it. I got oh, it. Should Damn we it, should we it. say something about the new thing that I found out about the sage though? The multi station. I don't see why not. So, no, we haven't figured out much much about the modem because well, there's nothing we can do with it yet. Um, but so what what I found out is I was perusing around broadcast tools um, documentation the other day, and I was looking deep into their documentation, looking around, and I found one of the things that can substitute a multi-station relay panel from Sage. It uses the same protocol. And deep in the documentation, they had a very, very small snippet giving an, giving an example of the serial protocol that it uses. And sure enough, I was like, oh, I wonder. And I opened up my copy of my Sage ROM that I've ripped off of my unit to get it working. And sure enough, looking through the, through the, the read, I found the exact calls that the Sage uses to communicate with multi-station relay panels, which means using this, I can, um, I can use a, uh, like a, something like an Arduino to interface with the Sage, receive these. And I've got a TFT ES940A here, which is basically the TFT's mode, TFT's version of that multi-station relay panel. It's basically a whole bunch of relays controlled by a couple switches on the back. Um, using this info, uh, I can communicate with an Arduino that can decode these messages and then plug them into this 940A and basically create my own multi-station relay panel, which will be really fun. We love projects here at ERN. It's really fun. Oh, yes, you know? we do, especially in the lab. I'm half yeah. tempted to to release that on because judging how this protocol was mainly it, it's mainly viewable if you look through like I said if you go and look through the broadcast tools documentation you can find the the protocol in there so I'm mm -hmm. half tempted to just like maybe release that on GitHub be like hey if you have a 940a and a Sage for some odd reason, and a spare Arduino lying around, you can create a TFT ES nine four A thing. Yes, it's a bootleg uh, Sage <laughs> multi station relay panel. <laughs> bootleg MSRP. Yeah, it would be really cool if I can get that to work though, because the the nine forty A has the same relays that the TFT uses. So whatever it, it triggers, it's like a TFT clunk, but in a one U box. So imagine the TFT clunk, but four of them going off in a row. <laughs> it will be so fun. You got to hook up the, uh, the 911 D to the, <laughs> just get them all at once. <laughs> just, I need to find out the exact model of the relays and just buy them in bulk. <laughs> And put them all in one. Put them all just, in a row. No, just buy them in bulk and just fill a breadboard with them. So it's just like, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> fill a breadboard with them. Hook up on an Arduino and like a serial converter, so I can send a serial command and it'll just convert it to like a 
a voltage step that I can use to control all the relays and just get multiple of these or an IO expander. So just get multiple of these and just set them up so I can have like 20 relays on my desk and at any point I can just click a button. <laughs> Be awesome. What if the I made project for ERN? What if I make a box, a custom box that's just that, but it's got all those on like terminal blocks on the back and I just name it the TFT EAS clunk. Yes. <laughs> that would be perfect. For the low, low price of not for sale. For the, the low, TF low price of I couldn't, I can't manufacture anything in bulk. The, TF the TFT EAS 9-1 clunk. Or 9-1 clunk. The 911 C, the 911 clunk. 911 clunk. Just take. Maybe that's the that maybe that that's the bootleg of the 911 plus. It's just no plus version of all the clunks. <laughs> I I I, I named this the TFT EAS nine um nine five zero C C for clunk. Yes. So what you gotta Gosh. do the nine fifty the nine fifty clunk. Yes. You gotta take the 911 D. You gotta put in a motherboard that has all six monitors and all that, and just mm -hmm. fill the bottom case with relays. And <laughs> fill out to no, the no. main relay. <laughs> because then. No, no, no. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to convert your 911D to a 911R and put the 940 on the bottom section. Yes. Actually, mm -hmm. though. That would be awesome. Like nine one one in multi station relay. Wait, nine one one R. Yeah, combine the nine. Relay. Combine the nine forty A with the nine one one D. Nine forty or nine one one relay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, um, what I could do nine one one R because pirate mm -hmm. R maybe. What I've what I've half been tempted to do <laughs> is I've half been tempted to go and di make dimensional sketches of everything on the nine. 911D, combine it with the 911, right? So, like, dimension, uh, make a dimensional sketch of the entire front panel of the 911, and then sketch the entirety of the 911D, overlay that, and then submit it to a place to make them. So, get, get the entire case remade. And what I'd add is since I've got a, um, a 930A on the way, I can just pull out the, the radio cards of that one. So I can shove them into my 911D plus. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. So shove that into the 911D plus. Um, and then I could also, um, since I've got ROM reads on the 911, copy over the firmware so I can originate off of it. And then with the extra space that would be left over in the 911D plus, I can slap a Raspberry Pi for cap support. Yeah, I was going to say just just like monitor six, just throw a software end deck in there. Well, um, here's the thing I could it, it, um, if I do that, um, I know how to get. Um, so most TFTs only have four monitors, right? Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, and then five and six are disabled. I know how to add five and six back on there. Um. It, they have list of components and you just have to find all those components and throw them back on the board and you get monitors five and six. So mm -hmm. what I'm half tempted to do is if, if I were to get one of these boards, like I, I can go and get dimensional sketches of that radio monitor board and then submit it off to a place to manufacture it. It wouldn't be cheap, but I could, um, <laughs> 
if I do that, the then I can get of our projects. I could get one of these boards back with monitors five and six. But what I would do is I, um, since the nine one one D doesn't even have ports on the, on the back for that, I would get the, get the back panel remade, but I'd still block off five and six. You know why? Cause then you can internalize the radio. Five and six would be internal monitors. Um, actually, uh, okay. I don't know what I'd do with monitor five or mo- monitor six, but five could be an internal radio monitor. You know what I could do with monitor six? Um, Raspberry Pi. <laughs> well, here, what I could do is with the Raspberry Pi, I can have two channels left and right. So I can have like the left channel be cat monitoring and the right channel be a stream monitor. Ah, that's fair. That'd be cool. Because then I wouldn't have to hook it up to a computer for, for a radio stream. It could just all be an internal. Mm, that's fair. So, so y'all want to talk about tsunamis? <laughs> Let's the talk tsunami about... of knowledge about TFT that we just threw on our listeners. Let's talk oh, yeah. about how fucked Let's talk Seattle about real is. tsunamis. Yeah. All right, so nobody's looked this up, so time to explain. Time to explain myself. Uh, the Washington State Department of National Resources recently released the results of a simulation that they've done. Um, the simulation shows the impact of a 7.5 magnitude earthquake on the Seattle fault line. For those of you who aren't familiar, um, there's some. I live near something called the Pacific Rim, and the Pacific Rim. Basically, all along the Pacific Ocean, ocean it was just a bunch of flat. Yeah, it's the oh, Ring it's, of Fire. It's basically yeah, the Ring of Fire. Going to the Ring of Fire. <laughs> so, for those of you, if you know, you know. Um, that's besides the point, though. Um, up here in Washington, we have decent earthquake preparedness or earthquakes slash tsunami preparedness. Like for example, we have Ahab, which is um which is a large network of about 120 to 130 modulator sirens all across the coast. I live near two of them. Um, they're designed, they're designed for quick response for tsunamis. How we're judging by the simulation. If, if, if the simulation is to be believed, that might not even be enough. Um, if, if the uh, if the basically if a seven point five magnitude or click on the Seattle fault line were to ha- were to occur, there's a potential tsunami waves up as high as forty two feet can hit downtown Seattle and up to the I five corridor, which is about which is a couple of miles in in three minutes or less. Yeah, would it be reaching that corridor within a few minutes, or yes. is that? Inundation and strong currents could be continue for more than three hours after the initial earthquake. So that entire area would be more or less fucked for three hours. Essentially, yes. And you mentioned before the call that it was because parts of Seattle are actually below sea level, right? Correct. Actually, the Seattle Boardwalk and Pike, Pike's Place, they are at or, or below sea level. I believe the maximum below sea level that we've seen is... Negative 12 feet. Yeah, but still, I mean, 12 feet doesn't seem like a lot, but it's when big, you think it, about, it is yeah, a bunch. 
Well, yeah, especially if you look at like someone like me that lives, I could actually get you an exact number. But, you know, it's thousands of feet up to me. That just doesn't sound like a lot. But for that area, see, I'm at elevation 3205 feet. But so like, of course, 12 feet doesn't sound like a lot, but that's detrimental to that area. But it's not just the Seattle area, too. If it, if it, so the fall, Seattle fault line is not necessarily on the ring of fire, but it is is it is in the middle of the Puget Sound. If it were mm-hmm. to head there, it would go in all directions. It would also go. It would also go westward toward the Olympics. Bremerton, Bremerton would get hit. Everett, Everett would get hit. It would basically it would cripple a lot of shit. Um. Seattle area would be underwater, military bases, the airport. Because you got to remember, Bremerton is a naval shipyard. Mm-hmm. They primarily they primarily work on aircraft carriers and battleships. Yep, they would be out of business. Essentially, the Everett Naval Base that I live nearby, which is one of the most strategic, which is like the most strategic base in the West Coast because of its mm-hmm. proximity to Japan and North Korea. Yep. That would get fucked. Yeah, and you got to think about like the infrastructure and like economy over there, like Boeing, a major manufacturer Correct. in aircraft would be mm-hmm. underwater. I mean, yeah, Boeing has other places, but this is where they primarily produce the 7-4, the 7-8. And Isn't the that where they produce 7X. a good chunk of their current fleet? Yep, and down in Renton there, they produce 737s. Renton mm-hmm. would get hit too. It would be a it would be a while before it hits, but they're because they're more inland. But eventually, they would they would get hit. But good thing Boeing moved their uh, headquarters to a t- different state. That's not the reason why? <laughs> no, I know it's not the reason why. More satirical than anything. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about our tsunami preparedness stuff. So those some of y'all who live in some of y'all who live in within a certain region, certain regions of the United States may be familiar with the with the Great Shakeout. Yep, I do October. that up here. Happens in October. It's earthquake preparedness, but in Washington, it's a little bit different. It's not just earthquake preparedness; it's tsunami preparedness as well, because. Because tsunamis can follow earthquakes, especially if they're out in the ocean. So, Washington State has the all hazards it has the all hazards alert system, or mm-hmm. all hazards all hazards <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah, it's or A-hab. end up <laughs> people are racing out there, huh? Yeah, apparently, um. The, the all hazards alert system, also known as NWR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Don is chugging that water. I tried to hit my mic, but I failed miserably. Well, I so, would hope not, because you were unmuted. Yeah, I'm aware. It's it's, <laughs> it's the all hazard alert broadcast siren, or the AHAB system, or AHABs. Rehab. Yeah. It's operated by the Washington State Department of Emergency Management. Um, it's activated by it's activated by multiple sources. 
It can be active. It can be active by the local EMA over radio. It can it can be activated over satellite by the Washington State Emergency Operations Center. Um, yeah, but if there's but if there is a tsunami warning, there is a if there is a tsunami warning, you you will hear that shit anywhere because it is an entire fleet of modulators. Ah, uh, modulators, my favorite. And keep in mind these modulators, these modulators have seven modules. Yeah. So, do, do they happen to do the and they have the blue, and they have tower? the uh, Lovis blue light? What's up? Do they happen to do the broken Chicago tornado siren sound? It's not broken. I know that's the <laughs> point. <laughs> Which one re- again? Alt whale. Alt whale. No, it's just standard whale. I love alt whale. Basically, all of our minds right now, because it is now in in Montana. It is currently eleven thirty two, so that's basically all of our minds My right now. My guy in Michigan, it's currently one thirty two. It is ten thirty two. Bungee standard time. Bungee standard time. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, because for context to anybody who's just tuning in, I work. I work for Bungie Game Studios. The yes, the Halo Bungie. I work in their IT department. Whenever we do tickets and we have to schedule meetings during times, we literally have to. We literally say Bungie Standard Time because nice people because people aren't all on Pacific Time because you know we're transitioning to a hybrid work environment. Mm-hmm. Is the server? Oh, I'm just running a really bad thing. For reference, we're all playing Minecraft while we're doing this podcast. Except Cam. Cam's a party pooper. Except for me, because my uh, my Minecraft client doesn't like the mods for some reason. For some, and I'm also on a Mac, so yeah, it's because Cam's a fucking pleb. It's, my, it's probably trying to run I Minecraft run with only eight gigs of system RAM. Eight gigs well, of system easy. RAM and, and and Intel Iris graphics. Oh, Iris graphics doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're running with 8 gigs of RAM, my dude. That's fair. Dude, I dude, I play Minecraft on my work computer all the time, and that has Iris XE graphics. <laughs> but that, at least that thing has 16 gigs of RAM. But anyways, back on topic, so. But yeah, um, so, in the event, of, uh, in the event of, of a tsunami, if you know anybody in the Seattle area, um, and you, you won't. hear about a tsunami, um, Sorry to say, but uh, if they don't call you, I would probably file a missing persons report. Not even that. Is, do you think there's any way that Seattle in that area could even change things around to improve? I guess the not survivability really. of something not like with, that. Not, not with the way that everything's built. Like hell, Seattle's already built on top of an underground city. No, like, seriously, I don't know if you guys knew this, but um. Because a few, like a couple, like about fifty years ago, they pretty were not fifty, yeah, no, not even fifty years ago, like more like a hundred years ago, uh, when they were, re- they pretty much rebuilt Seattle. They built, they built everything on on top of the city, like all of those buildings and stuff like that. They exist just underground. Mm. Look up, look up the Seattle underground city if you guys ever want. If you guys wanted to look this shit up, 
Yeah. Hey, Gabe, I know yes. where the frat house is going to be. Seattle Underground. The ERN frat house. If you want to reference, look up, yeah, just look up the Seattle Underground. It's pretty eerie shit. For reference, the ERN frat house is not necessarily a joke. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it'll happen eventually. 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 Come eventually. on, we're all people that buy eventually. Index. We're, we're people that buy index for fun. We gotta we gotta make money somehow to be able to afford that. Well, here's well, the thing. Gabe and I. I make enough. Oh, well, yeah, Anna yeah. And I, we make enough. Yeah. And if you work and and Cam, if you do, if you work for Sinclair, we have a Sinclair station up here in Washington. Oh yeah. I mean, so you can. Oh yeah. So for I guess I could I guess I could give some reference on that, but uh, so I did leave scripts in KRTV because I moved to Missoula for college, of course. So now I'm employed by KECI NBC Montana, a uh, Sinclair station. So yeah, I'll be working there now. And also to add on to the list of people that can work in the Seattle area, if I continue on my current trajectory, which is working at the NWS, NWS Seattle. NWS Seattle is really nice. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen there. I don't know if you've seen any images of of the uh, WRH because NWS Seattle is based out of the Western Regional Headquarters of the C of the Seattle uh, of the NWS or actually NOAA. Yeah, it's NOAA's Western Regional Headquarters. If you yeah. look on the NWS Seattle's YouTube channel, you can find videos of their office. Oh yeah, they have they have the best view. Their office, yeah, is and amazing. and with uh. And with especially speaking of NWS, so another this is off topic. Oh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Car crash. You no, that was a firework with uh, sparkles on the end. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this is the most fun freaking ERN broadcast. Broadcast? Yeah, I don't know if, did you guys hear the dog yelping in the back? <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, how do we get back on track now? <laughs> Where were we ever on track? So, that's fair. So I so What's I a don't track. Never heard of it. So I start working for Sinclair on the 25th of July. And between now and then, I actually was going to get in contact with NWS Missoula and see if I could get a tour over there. Nice. Because so I've I've been around the building before because it's right next to Missoula International Airport. Uh, there's another one, but uh, so NWS Missoula is down by the airport, but the actual radar is north of Missoula. Yes, I, I'm assuming I'm assuming probably because it's we're in the middle of a mountain valley, and if you're on top of a mountain, you get better radar coverage. So oh, easily. Well, no, that doesn't always work that way because then you can't get the lower <laughs> elevations where civilization is. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, it it's pretty marginal in terms yeah, of difference of height. I live I live next to a mountain. I live uh, on University of Montana. So this, this if you want to if you want to go in Microsoft Flight Simulator or something and go fly next to University of Montana, you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, but. this this is why making or forecasting severe weather in mountainous areas sucks. Oh, speaking of mountainous Montana, right? So severe weather has been absolutely banging Montana the past few days. Haven't, Today's the night. Storms the past like week. 
Yeah, this is probably uh, the. Hey, the, Gabe. It's... Uh, sorry. Continue. Oh, it's okay. So, for for those who haven't been following it, this is probably what day four or five with a slight risk at least in Montana. And yesterday, actually, a lightning struck Glasgow, Montana, NWS's radar, and they are completely offline. And at the time of recording, they're under enhanced risk. So they're not able to rate use radar at all for an enhanced risk day. Which I don't know if that, I feel like that's, you know, not very great. Like they even like they've had kind of like cries for help about, hey, storm spotters, we really need you tonight. And stuff like that, which. Like Anna was saying in a previous episode, NWS's eyes on the ground, so. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because even though their radar, their radar is 100% down, it's unusable. But <laughs> funnily enough, if you go look at the products that they issue, they still say radar indicated for the source. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else? What else do they put? You know, weather spotters, public, public weather spotters, emergency management, law enforcement. Yeah, law enforcement reported. Um, Mesonet, uh, your mom reported. I mean, it could be your mom reported. Oh, honey, look at this tornado on our front lawn. I'm going to send this to the National Weather Service Facebook page. <laughs> I'm going to send it to my local news station instead of NWS. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why people do that. Like, they don't. You won't get recognized on the NWS on whether or not. Well, I to be fair, K- so I'm still. I'm still close to the people at work KRTV and uh, that uh, because of the whole Glasgow thing, they're actually having to relay reports for the public because they'll just send them straight to the station. Who does that? Oh, well, people do, but why would you do it? Apparently people in Montana do it because we're detached from a normal world. Cause they're stupid. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Watch. I'm going to get a bunch of flack for that. In the, in the email oh, probably for saying that people are yeah, I, I was born in Montana, always lived in Montana. I can I can diss on Montanans. Why is Montana even a state? There's nothing there. Why did well we, we do that's well, much? That's that. That's can't. Well, it, to be fair though, we have we're probably the strongest state based on nuclear power. Okay, that is like. Fair. A, Literally, I looked it up at one point, and if it's Montana because you have nothing else to put there, I, I looked it up. But literally, if you if if Montana seceded from the United States, we'd be our own global superpower because we hold a good chunk of the United States nuke force. Like literally, Great the Falls. Entire, if the entire west West Coast seceded from the Union financially, it would probably overtake the U.S. Yeah, no, seriously. But then, uh, uh so. You guys, anyone listening to this can look it up. You can look up Malmstrom Air Force Base, like the missile wings. You can see the location of nukes, and they, there are a ton around Great Falls. Like uh, my wife's parents' house in, uh, in in Great Falls, like literally like two miles from their house is a missile silo. It oh. is just so weird to think about that being there. But hey, what can you say? But. I don't know if we have anything else to get back on track with, but Gabe, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the whole Seattle tsunami preparedness? Not necessarily the tsunamis, but the fact that they're still lighting mother 
fucking fireworks outside. <laughs> right outside my house, too, by the way. They it got louder. I actually muted. But yeah, no, it got louder. But yeah, so let's go back to the TFT stuff. So was it the TFT founder? Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the founder. It was a key employee. I was running their yeah. support lines. Was it? Yeah. It, it was basically the face of TFT. So not They're many people part- knew. Yeah. Not, not many people knew this, but TFT for the longest time, even after they went out of business, they still provided support to anybody who had their products. Um, that's why for the longest time you could still call TFT support line and get somebody saying, Hey, this is TFT support line. How can we help you? Um, basically with, um, there was one guy who primarily did that. And I think Gabe, you said it was Daryl Parker. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the individual's name is Daryl Parker. Yeah. But it turns out that was it last year, I think. Yep. In twenty in twenty twenty one. Actually it was the I believe it was the day of the the last national fest. Yeah. He unfortunately um, passed away. And we didn't I didn't actually learn about this until not a long time ago, just a couple days ago. And what, like, that's like, it sucks to say this, but it's like, he was one of the last things keeping TFT up. Yeah, for real. Keeping TFT around. So because, because of that, we can officially say that TFT is basically gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Other than their units still being around. Yeah. And that that makes me sad. Is yeah. that also any possible source of information about the likely well no, not likely. Definitely unreleased nine one one plus has just been lost to the one person that probably would have known at least something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, no. there are still XTFT employees around. Yeah, like I'm sure if, if we found like a dev for something, they would probably help us out. It's like, it's not going to violate an NDA. What NDA? Well, even if there was an NDA, it, it's long it since isn't expired. legally binding because the company's gone. Isn't, yeah, that too. It'd just be a matter of so, do they want to or not. If you are an XTFT employee and happen to be listening to the ERN podcast, we would also love to hear from you. Very much so. But I highly doubt we're going to have any of those. We would also give you praise just for being an XTFT employee. Yeah, very, yeah. Especially if you stuck around to the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you want to talk about, and if you want to hop on the podcast and talk about any of the projects that you worked on while at DFT, please do let us know. Yeah, if, if there's any EAS equipment manufacturer employees or ex-employees, we honestly would love to have you on the podcast. Yeah. And I know 
No, you Monroe Electronics. I know you know about us. <laughs> yes. Call. I'm still in. Con- I'm still in contact with them. I haven't heard. I haven't talked to them recently because you know nothing to talk about. We're still waiting on Daz Three to become publicly available. It is on their site, though. That's oh, fine. it is. It is. They did update. They did yeah. update their website. It's been on a, there for for a, whoa, bit, for a hot second for they, about for about a week. They redesigned their website. For about a, nope, no, they didn't. Here, watch. Um, go and uh, go and click on anything else. Um, hey, yeah, the one that se page. That's not what a one that SE looks like. Yeah, it's been like that for the longest time. I just I'm seeing this image for the first time. If you want to see what a real one at SE looks like, you can get in contact with us. I'll show, show you mine. Or Jabe can I'll just show you mine too, because I have one. Isn't it under your bed? Isn't yours dead though? No. Well Well debate. Even if it is dead, it is what a one net SE looks like. That is Correct. fair. Yeah, I need to get a new. I need to get a replacement motherboard for it. But yeah, besides that, which is actually pretty, pretty cheap. Pretty surprisingly. Yeah. Are you it's sure it's cheap? Not the, are you sure it's not the power supply? Huh? No, are it's not sure? the power supply. No, no, because I tried a different power supply. Oh. Do you want it's to talk a, about your? A, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, do you could talk about your adventures with your one net? Yeah, this was like a while ago. Um, like January, actually. No, it was no. March. Same thing. It was it was about the same time I joined ERN. Yeah. You, so, yeah, you reappeared. Um, yeah. So, um, anyways, the uh, my adventures with my one net were an interesting one. Um, so we found a really good deal on a one net SE um, you know, coming out of a site that was being demolished. Um, bought it for parts. Bought it for by bought it knowing that there's a good potential that it wasn't going to work. Come comes in, powers on perfectly fine. It's just that it powers on perfectly fine. It's just that it's not posting. Um, which is is which is common for older systems in general. Correct. Um, so try try different stick of RAM didn't work. Tried um, resetting the CMOS didn't work. Uh, tried using a different power supply because this is a, it was using an ATX ATX three hundred fifty watt power supply, and I had something that had a little bit more beef to it. Like like throw at it just to see if it worked. Nope, not unfortunately pimp, did not work. It just, just just throw like one hundred twenty eight gigs into your one net pimp of my one net. I mean, it only has one RAM slot. <laughs> it only it only has one slot. I bet it matches. They, do, they make one hundred twenty eight stick. It's DDR two. Oh, that's oh. fair. Cause I have a, yeah. I, have, I have one of the Via units. Oh, oh yeah, for those of you oh, who don't you do. know, for those of you who don't know, um, on the back end, like on like internally, the one the the Dazdex will come in one of two varieties. One of them will come with a Via CPU, a CPU by CPU by a company of Via, um, not of Via, but just Via VIA. Um, they make low cost embedded CPUs, and then there's a couple of Dazdex that you'll find with Intel Atoms. Yep, and that's what I have. And uh, yeah, so in mine for an atom processor, that thing hauls ass in processing power. Like I've never seen an atom do as much as my one net does. 
Yeah, because it's, it's optimized for it. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, besides all of that, um, so I just shelved it, made a backup of its hard drive, and uh, left it be for a little while. And I haven't touched it, really, because um, I want to get the physical unit working again. I just It's not my number one thing on my to-do list. You should send me your MPEG card. Oh yeah, mine does, mine has like the MPEG card and the sound card and the uh, and the uh, radio expansion stuff. If if you send me the MPEG card, I will have the most beefed out one net there can possibly be. I I have the card. I just I have I so I have the card right. I don't have the little. I don't have the cables that go in the back that do the uh, pass through coding. Yeah. But at that point, you might as well just use that. How cash. much did you buy your one net for? Uh, three hundred. That's not bad. Yeah, it was three hundred. It was three hundred for a beefed out one net with just didn't it just didn't work. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sad or anything like that. I had. Yeah, a, you I have your sage. Like I got my digital, and nowadays we have the easy cap. Oh yeah, the easy, easy cap. Around my easy plus around. I ha I I I literally have every digital encoder. Except for the nine one one plus, but I don't know if you can count that one. I wouldn't yeah. even count that because it wasn't publicly it. available. Now yeah. what about the the Sage uh forty six forty four? That's Canadian, my dude. I mean it's still technically a cap deck. It's yeah, a cap deck, but it's deck, not a but digital not, a, not not an EAS encoder. Hmm. It's an it's an it's an it's an AEA encoder, but not EAS encoder. Okay, that's true. Yeah, AEA for those of you who are curious, I'm I'm referring to Alberta Emergency Alert, but it can also be like Alert Ready because Alert yeah. Ready is technically AEA as well. Well, Alert Ready is also Canada wide, right? Alert Ready is Canada wide. AEA or Alberta Emergency Alert is what Alert Ready is based off of. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Alberta, it's still referred to as Alberta Emergency Alert. Which would make sense. Man, Alberta did something good for once. Yeah, Alberta Alberta actually kind of led the charge for public emergency alerting in Canada. That might be something I'll have to touch on in like EAS history, like the international version. Because like I could cover like Jailer, Alert. Uh, oh, not Jailer. Wait, you, are you telling me you don't like the? I hate Jailer. You don't. You don't like the uh, RTTY? No, I I really only care for things that use same. <laughs> but you know, I can't say I have the same point of view on that one. Yeah, it's just uh, ha 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 ha. Wait, let me get the drum sound effect there. here. <laughs> Hey, you better have that on standby for literally everything I say. I guess Probably. you can. I guess you. I guess you can say um, the same point, the same perspective. It only doesn't apply to everybody. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. You gotta. You gotta be better on the timing, my dude. You gotta be better on the time. It's almost as if the purge time is a little too high. Yeah. Well, it's decent for network. You didn't get that thing up right over your head. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that flew so high. 
That flew so high over your head, I had to get clearance from air traffic control from you even deploying it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if there's anything well, else. Today's you guys want episode to talk- of the joke cast. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think I think that does it for this week. Uh, tune in <laughs> next week where um, we might have. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should also coder. mention what happened. Uh, what happened with last week? So, of course, last week we did not release an episode. That was due to some scheduling conflicts and due, especially due to the fourth. Yeah, thing around. I was in. I was in. Um, I wasn't so. available. I was in yeah, Arkansas. like. A lot of people were, Kansas. yeah. A lot of people were out, and a lot of people who, who didn't say where they were, just didn't respond. Like what yeah. Marley's done for the last eight podcasts, which is why Status Quo has been canceled. Yep. Friendly <laughs> reminder that Status Quo has been canceled until further notice, until Marley can get her head out of their ass and actually show up for an episode, yeah. or even respond as to why they're not even responding to us asking if they're going to show up okay to be fair at this point i think at this point i think we've demoted marley from the producer position no 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 i'm the producer to be fair (laughs) marley's laptop did take a dump that is true and yeah but riverside's also on iphone and that does not explain everything before them Yeah, anyway, so thanks, guys, for listening to the ERN podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to our other episodes. They're all, I like to think that they're all, we, we talk a lot. We oh, do. yeah, and this episode is sponsored by WACN Technologies. This Again, episode is sponsored by Weatherstream. It always is. The easiest this episode way to is sponsored? Stream. Yeah. I paid for this sponsor spot. I paid $10 for an NWS cap license. <laughs> <laughs> Rip off, by the way. But uh, yeah, so if, you, yeah, you if can you look still at use hearing, NWS cap. Yeah, I know, but no one likes it, and uh, I'm told not to use it, so I don't use it. <laughs> I didn't say no you one. Could, no one I likes didn't. NWS cap. Whenever I use NWS cap, Anna yells. On it. that note, see ya. But yeah, no. So I'll, I'll give a proper outro here. So if you like what you're hearing, you can hit that subscribe button, get notified of any of our future episodes, and yeah. So we'll we'll see you guys next week. Hooray! Yay! <laughs>